0: Bye. It's time for chapter four of Captain's Log, people. I am Michael Dismuke uh, with Continuing Conversations, which is the podcast about Star Trek Adventures RPG and now Captain's Log, which is a cool spinoff of the game. Um, I'm a freelance writer for Star Trek Adventures, the lead writer on Captain's Log, in addition to being a blogger on Continuing Missions, which is the number one fan site for Star Trek Adventures RPG. And of course, I'm here with the inestimable, I pronounce that totally horribly wrong, but that's okay you know why i'm not paid for this podcast so deal with it people um jim johnson
1: hey everybody jim johnson i'm the project manager and line editor for the star trek adventures rpg and captain's log published by modifius entertainment uh low these many years uh co-host on this year's show with michael low these 80 odd episodes uh going strong here heading on toward our two-year anniversary my friend uh, Ooh, so, uh, amazing, to, amazing to imagine we've been doing this for that long but uh, we just we have a never ending stream of products to talk about and uh always always find spin off ways to 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 riff and to do other things and uh su- having super amounts of fun here so this is a this is all about star trek adventures and now thanks for your reminder it's not just star trek adventures it's also captain's log because captain's log is a standalone product uh, it's not directly tied into the rest of the star trek adventures line although it's certainly compatible with everything that we've done up to this point but it's a, it's its own thing it's its own little it's his own little beast off to the side there. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, be exciting to have uh, our guest tonight, Aaron. Aaron Palier,
2: please introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Aaron Palier. Uh, I'm one of the freelance writers for Star Trek Adventures and I guess kept the Captain's Log. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been around since since the beginning, doing a lot of the starship stuff. So you kind of see me here doing the starship stuff.
0: This is especially fun for me because anybody who watches this podcast knows that Aaron is one of my uh, highly, highly, highly engaged players on USS Pioneer, the hat he's wearing right now, which is our Star Trek Adventures game, which is now in its fifth season. Um, But he's also... The writer of writers when it comes to Star Trek adventures on the ships and the technology, a lot of the science. Going back to the ships, he was a huge contributor on Utopia Planitia, um, which is one of the you know, greatest books Star Trek adventures uh, came out with so far. Very well received. And I enjoyed watching him squirm when I had when he was assigned to write the chapter on ships here because it's truncated. And we're going to talk about that tonight, why that happens and how it fits into the Star Trek. Uh, uh, Trek mechanism but Aaron do you want to Let me enjoy seeing you writhe In in some suffering about your experience Having to edit Yourself down to like these little blurbs About ships
2: (laughs) I can easily Do I can easily do 2,000 words 3,000 words per Per ship easily Um But trying to edit it down to like A hundred words Per ship that's tough (laughs) It's tough I could do it. You see, I hear that. I kind of did it. I don't know if I actually got them that short. I, I'm pretty sure, Jim, you probably edited me down even further uh, from what I had. But yeah, trying to fit everything that is important about a class into that, that short of an area.
0: Ah, I thought you were going to have an aneurysm. I felt so. For you. <laughs> it's
2: tough.
1: <laughs> but you know, <laughs> it, yeah, it was it uh, work. like I, I I knew right from the start it would be a challenge for you, and that's why that's partly why I did it because I I wanted I wanted you to, to have the opportunity to to try something short 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 <laughs> as opposed to uh, more expansive that uh, that I know you that I know you love and that I really appreciate. Um, I, I would love to do a, a a new version of Utopia Planitia where you do have three to five thousand words per ship and can really expand <laughs> on it but uh, we just don't have the budget to do a 600 page book. all <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we have to find that happy medium, but anyway, yeah, I
0: think, uh, I think you did a great job with the uh, captain's log. Um, yeah. And we'll tell people if you do uh, want, if you are, if these ship entries are not big enough for you, you can always go to the utopia planitia and get the more extended version because these ships are represented in more extensiveness in utopia planitia.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, so chapter four, all about, uh, So, you know, for those of you who've been following along, chapter three, of course, is all about creating your character. Very important, you go through the life path, you create a character, you're creating that character to to start telling these uh, amazing stories with. And uh, uh, we felt that it was really important to have another chapter all about creating a starship, because if you've seen the shows, the ship or the station is every bit as important as any of the characters that are on the show, like the the Enterprise, the Voyager, Defiant, DS9, et cetera, et cetera. Those are living, breathing things that are as important to the series as anything else. And so it's not just enough to have your character. You need to know what is your character's setting. Like where where do they live? Where do they breathe? Where do they go on these amazing adventures? And so we, we created this chapter. We made sure to put this chapter in here talking about designing your home, designing your vessel. We provide you a flow chart. Here's how to do it, step A, B, C, D, E. It's a, it's a simplified version of what's in the, in the full version of the game, obviously because ships uh, play a slightly different role in Captain's Log compared to Star Trek Adventures. And uh, Michael, Aaron, let's talk a little about that a little bit. But like, what, what is the role of a ship in this context uh, where, um, you know, if you look at the stat blocks for ships, there's almost not even a stat block, right? It's very, very simplified. Or not simplified, I'm sorry, a uh, streamlined compared to what we have in um, in Captain's Log. So, you know, comparing a ship, uh, the ship's purpose in Star Trek Adventures versus the ship's purpose in Captain's Log, What are your uh, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, well, Go this ahead. is yeah, this is super important actually. If there's one thing people remember after watching this podcast, it's this: this is a different game system. So, when dealing with the starship in Captain's Log, you are not using it as an assist dice. So, for those of you who've never heard, played Star Trek Adventures, don't even worry that I said that because you don't need to put useless information in your head. But in Star Trek Adventures. <clears throat> Ships are oftentimes an additional dice to your role, but in captain's log, you're always rolling two dice to determine whether you have success or failure, whether you generate from that role momentum or threat. So when the ship needs to take an action, it acts like a character on its own. You still roll the two dice or you roll the captain's attribute and the ship system to represent the ship and the crew helping out. But the point of the matter is you roll two dice for the ship. And so the rules had to change accordingly to match that because this is a narrative game. You're not um, doing damage per se, you are rolling the dice to determine whether this action was successful or whether it failed, and then you, as the writer, as your solo RPGist, are deciding the narrative how it turns out. So that was that's a big difference. And there's a box on page 140 <clears throat> that goes into it. So um, for those of you who've <clears throat> played Star Trek Adventures, adjust your thinking about that. For those of you who who are new to any kind of solo RPG, Captain's Log, and you've never played Star Trek Adventures, you're you're going to pick it up fine because it's the first time you're coming across this rule.
1: Right, Aaron. Yeah,
2: no, <laughs>
0: I, that, that, I have to keep him. Fine. He's still no, stunned.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, no, it's that makes sense, and then you'll see that there's a different use of uh, the ship and how how you use it with the Discovery Era 32nd century. Uh, Big
0: rule change, big rule change, because it's the only time in the entire book out of all the rules where you can roll three dice because you're so advanced in the future in the 32nd century. So look out for that rule for those 32nd century ships. Definitely. There's an adaptation to compensate for all the amazing technology we saw in Discovery season three going forward.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I wrote I wrote a bit about that in the uh, Discovery crew pack, uh, how how the. 32nd century ships are different that they use this kind of uh, computer technology that's called in that it actually uses technology that stems from the temporal Cold War, to yes. predict future future computations, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can probably go into it for far too long, so I won't. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh,
1: And and for those of you who are going to be playing Captain's Log and not even going to be focusing on the 32nd century, then you don't have to even worry about that nuance, unless you want to. Like maybe you do decide to do like a temporal Cold War and maybe you play a a 32nd century ship that comes back in time to the 22nd century. You still got the technology, you're just in a completely different uh, uh, period of time. And, and, And what kind of shenanigans can you get up to at that point? Who knows? you know have fun with it see what happens mm-hmm. um but yeah so the the chapter we really kind of kick it off here uh going into uh, uh one of the first steps that you do for building out your ship is uh is of course um picking what era you're going to play in or if you don't want to you know decide that you could you leave it up to chance we there there's a, a probability matrix in here for picking the era or you're rolling on the era that you want to play whether it's uh the enterprise era or uh, 22nd century 23rd 24th you know so on and so forth so um I have to admit I, I really I really like this table because um, like in general, when I come to a story or I come to a to a campaign, like I have a very good idea of what era we're going to play in. But for captain's log, I've been, I've been thinking about Captain's log. I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just roll a random era and a random space frame and just see what happens and, and, and then let the story dictate or you know let the sto- let, let the random choice of era and ship dictate what kind of stories I decide to tell or, you know, with the, with the tools. And there's a certain amount of um, excitement and freedom in that, where oh, yeah. like, am I coming into it? The preconceived notion of, Oh, well, I'm going to be on a galaxy class starship doing deep space exploration. Well, no, maybe not. Maybe I'm going to go tap into some of this huge wealth of knowledge and information that we provide in here and all of the 50 or 60 space frames that we provide in here and say, you know what, I'm just going to just let it happen and just, just see what, maybe I'll end up on a, You know a California class or a Cardenas class or like Malachowski like whatever uh I just want to you know go tell a cool fun Star Trek story so uh Mm -hmm. any thoughts you two on the it's like letting the letting the matrices just kind of like dictate what ship and era you're going to play in
0: yeah I mean playing from experience the first uh when we were play testing this uh, my friend he rolled a Malachowski class and I had never even heard of this class of ship But boy, when you read the description on it, because of course it's not just to look at this book and read the short entry, we have Google. Go Google the class, find out a little bit more about it. It changed the whole tone of the game. It's like, oh wow, <clears throat> this is a rough and tumble rugged patrol vessel. It's running into Klingons. Like this is post we're we're uh, post-movie era. This is this is dark. And it changed his character. He became like cowboy diplomacy. Um and then um I play myself, I I rolled a Sydney class vessel, which is a colony ship. And I always thought, well, that's kind of boring, just going to colonies, but then getting into the game, it was fun and and learning more about these ships. Um has excited me as opposed to picking an intrepid class or a galaxy class or a defiant class we've already seen those on the shows so make your own stories
2: yeah the the point of the different ship classes is that they all should have a different feel a different role a different idea behind them that makes them unique that makes them a class so yeah having these kind of random tables helps you go outside of your comfort zone so to speak like hey i know a galaxy sure that's where I want to be because I want to be in my hotel in space. But, you know, having that random choice of finally going, oh, here's a freedom class. Well, what does that mean? It kind of looks like a, a a galaxy in a weird way, but it's clearly a different ship. Okay, well, that can adjust my story and send me down a path I never really expected.
1: Wonderful stuff. You're on mute, Jim, just so you know. My apologies. Um, so yeah, so we offer uh, several different eras that you can play in, and there's random tables for each of those eras. So if there's a if, if you don't just don't want to pick a space frame, you know, go ahead and just roll the dice. Let let chance uh, give you your command, um, or or the ship that you serve on. Like uh, I don't know that we've necessarily mentioned this on some of our other previous episodes, but uh, you don't have to play a captain if you don't want to. Like you don't have to be the captain of the ship. You could be a, a department head or a lower decker or a, or an en, enlisted officer. Uh, like you could do literally anything you want in this book like don't let captain's log the title of the game dissuade you from playing whatever character you want uh in fact the more the more i get into this and the more i play tested the more i play with it and the more i think about it it's like you know what i really want to play a junior officer and 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 like start them at like literally lower decks ground zero fresh Mm -hmm. ensign on a new ship i'm i'm not picking my command or you know i'm not i'm not picking what ship i serve on i'm being assigned to a ship what what ship am i being assigned to and I'm going to roll on this random table, and I'm really going to embrace those random tables and just let the let the game and the story dictate where my story goes. And I'll just see what happens. I'm I'm really excited about that idea, and uh, I may just dust off one of the junior officers that I wanted to play in an RPG like 15 years ago and never got a chance to. I, I did some I did some world building for this character, and um, I just never got a chance to play him. And uh, now this is an opportunity for me to get into the weeds here. So it's really realistic.
0: Bad. I mean, I mean, captains and crew don't get to pick their ship. They're assigned generally, unless you are like the best captain in a planet where you get to pick your own ship. But, but when you're assigned, how do you deal with that? There's a conflict when I, when I rolled the Malakowski class in the Sydney class in those games, there was a conflict right with just that. It's like, well, how the heck did I end up on this ship? And, and that is part there. of the story. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, you're needed there. It's Starfleet to service you don't get to pick and choose your, your, your command, but sure. And I I think that one way that it would be an interesting tie in between captain's log and regular star Trek adventures is this might be a really good way of, of building up a good backstory with your character in star Trek adventures. Like I'm going to run, I'm going to run them starting off as a, as a brand new ensign. And I'm going to have these like really quick adventures that I can do. And I generate all these Ships that they've served on, their duties, et cetera, et cetera. And then I go into the game with all the other players instead of just running this solo campaign on my own,
0: yeah, thank you. thank you. I love hearing that. We've talked about that. and yes, reiterate that this is the best career of not the best. This is a great option for career event building mm-hmm.
1: and, and and that like once you once you build some of those career events in your character with captain's log, when you come to the game table with your other players, that and you're playing through your your game, um, this this creates instant uh, grist for a scene with your new with your players. Like if you're in ten forward, just chilling. Hey, what was your experience during the war? What what you know? What was your what you know? Harken back to your first ship you served on. Like what was that all about? And you've got this wealth of material that you've already gone through. And you're like, well, let me tell you about this adventure, or you know, let me tell you about the story that we had going on. Capral seven and uh, here all the shenanigans we got into so on and so forth. So it just, it gives you that much more backstory and grist for your character that you can then share with your other players. And, and you can just, you know, get get even deeper into the weeds on your, on your characters and your development stuff. So. I
0: I know a lot of our, yeah, a lot of our characters, well, most people when they're game mastering this game, I'd risk to say, you know, they're coming in as captains, commanders, lieutenants. And, but it, it makes sense that for new groups getting together that in building your backstory, you wanna declare what ships you served on before. So you can go to the random table for your era, And say, okay, I'm a commander, I probably served on three ships, roll them randomly. And, th- and then find out what class of ship you were on and create your story from that, even if it's just that basic use of the random table. That's super fun. Because, again, when I'm rolling on these tables, I'm having these sparks of imagination and be like, whoa, how'd that work? Why'd that happen? And, it- and it's surprising myself while I'm playing the game.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, we offer about, uh, I think I didn't, I haven't counted them recently. I think we had about 65 to 70 space frames in here, um, including a handful that did not appear in Utopia Planitia, uh, partly because Utopia Planitia's uh, kind of um, scope was up to the 25th century, like just the start of the 20th century that like you see in Picard. Uh, some of the uh, Star, Trek event, Star Trek Online ships were in there, uh, but we did not get into the 32nd century. Mm. We we just haven't seen the end of discovery yet, so we're not sure what quite's happening there. So we held back the thirty second century out of Utopia Planitia intentionally. However, Captain's Log, slightly different beast, very you know standalone product. We we thought you know there is a possibility that there is a there are players who would probably want to play in the thirty second century, even though we don't have a huge amount of material on it yet, because you know Discovery Season Five hasn't come out yet, and we've also learned that Discovery Season Five will be the last season for discovery um although i i personally remain hopeful that the uh, starfleet academy series that's uh being in development i'm hoping that will be set in the 32nd century as well so that we can continue to discover like just what is going on in that time frame and what kind of cool things and what kind of cool stories can happen so we do offer five uh 32nd century ships um in this uh in this in this book that i hope people you know decide to check out or maybe the random tables will will make you go that route and then you
0: mm-hmm. can tell some, some new amazing stories there. And we uh, so, yeah, gotta say the names of the classes, Jim. Yeah, oh, talk sure. about those podcasts. Well, classes. <laughs> um, but
1: uh, yeah, so, so if you are a gamer who is familiar with Utopia Planitia, the ships in here will be familiar to you. Uh, if you are new to Star Trek or you're new to Captain's Log or you're new to whatever, don't even worry about Utopia Planitia. Every key ship that you've seen in Star Trek or maybe you've heard about are, are in here, uh, except with the noble exception, of course, uh, with the... Uh, uh, the Protostar, right? Because we don't have the license to Prodigy, so we could not include Prodigy in here. Uh, um, and then, of course, the Enterprise, you know, we don't have the license to Strange New Worlds either, uh, but the Enterprise is still the Enterprise, right? So it, you know, the Con- Constitution class is the Constitution class, uh, knock on wood. So um, that's in the book, certainly you know, the Constitution class. It's the original series picture version, as opposed to the slicker looking uh, you know, Strange New Worlds version, but you know, it's still the Connie. Uh, you can uh, use your imagination to make it look like whatever you wanted to, whether it's the original series, animated series, uh, the refit cage. from the movies, like whatever <laughs> the, the cage, the cage version. Yeah, exactly, the exactly. They're story. all a little different. Um, but yeah, so you know, the thirty-second century, uh, we can talk about the the rules, nuance there, Michael, if you want. But the the five classes that we included, um, which um, you know these these name these classes these class names. I'm not sure they're canon yet. I don't think they've been announced them on screen, but we got the not on um, screen, yeah, yeah. The, we've got the Angelou class, the Eisenberg class, the Friendship class, Janeway and Kirk. Uh, so these and there's pictures for each of them in the book as well. And so you'll, if you've watched uh, season three and season four of Discovery, uh, you'll be familiar with these with these ships because they've been on screen, uh, even though the names themselves. I don't think they've canonized the names yet, but that's in, informally you know, beta canon-ish at the moment, uh, that's where we are. But uh, did you guys wanna mention that, uh, that little rules nuance for the 32nd century ships?
0: Yeah, sure. So again, uh, as I said, generally for captain's log, 99.9% of the time, you're rolling two dice to determine whether you're succeeding or failing. This is a small, uh, but impactful adaptation that only applies to ships in the 32nd century, where uh, when a starship with this technology, um, this is the uh, interstitial multi-vector transcomputronics technology. um, Yeah. (laughs) In tech. Yeah, for sure. So when a starship with this technology rolls any task, the ship is allowed to roll three dice rather than the usual two, and they get to pick the best rolls roles to determine if they have success or not. So a twist on that rule, um, but well reflecting that, that futuristic technology that we see in discovery.
2: Yeah, and it's it's more than just the 32nd century. I, it specifically begins in the in the 28th century when the the temporal Cold War really starts building up, and we we see a lot of the stuff with the the future Federation from Star Trek Voyager.
0: Makes total sense. Yep, very good.
1: So I've got a a little bit of a challenging question here for the two of you. So the the overall conceit of Captain's Log, of course, is that you are playing a Starfleet character on a Starfleet vessel or a Starfleet station. And um, you know, going off and doing the traditional Star Trek stories that we've seen on the shows—that you're, you know, Starfleet doing things. Um, That being said, like the character generation chapter, you could play literally anything. It it doesn't—you can play Starfleet, non-Starfleet, Klingons, Romulans, Ferengi, Cardassians, species of your own creation, whatever. There's really no limitation to what you can play. And um, because we only had so much page count and so much space, we just—we did not have room. To include non-Starfleet ships in this book, right? So we were we weren't able to include Klingons, we weren't able to include Romulans, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, there are currently no plans to expand on this book um, with any type of supplements because it's really meant to be a standalone product. Sales go bonkers, maybe we'll revisit that, right? You know, we'll we'll always listen to to the almighty dollar, <laughs> right? Ultimately, sad to say capitalist society. We're here to make money at the end of the day, but we don't really like to talk about that because we're here about the creative stuff. But with that being said, um, what are your ideas? Like if, if there's a group out there, cause I know there's going to be groups out there or, or there's going to be players out there who are going to want to do a Klingon experience or going to want to do a Romulan experience, et cetera. How could they maybe take that? Given that we've, we've um, streamlined how ships even operate in this game, to the extent that the stat blocks are, I mean, really pretty, pretty. And I don't want to say simplified, streamlined. Where all we're really doing is presenting the systems and the departments and the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of advice would you give to a to a player coming to Captain's Log who wants to play a non-Starfleet game? How could they take this chapter and create a a, a Romulan Warbird or a D Seven or a, mm-hmm. you know, a Fringy, um Marauder or
2: whatever? What are your thoughts around uh, around that? I would I would just have them look at a ship that is comparable to that ship. So like if if you're talking about a D7 or a Katinga, you know the 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 starfleet vessel that is close to it would be the Constitution class. And so you'd look at the Constitution class systems and departments and then go, well, the Katinga probably has better weapon systems but maybe not as good sensors and computers. So maybe I'll 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 just move a point or two around. And then for the departments, well, you know what, it, Maybe it's not as sciencey, but it's probably more security oriented because it's you know a Katinga or D seven. So I'll move a point from science over into security. There you go, that easy. Um, yep,
0: and if all else fails, hit Aaron up on social media and ask him. <laughs> yeah, and I, prob- I probably have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> he bleeds it out of his face. It'll just come out. And, so. Yeah, I'll just go, these are the stats.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or
1: or Michael, maybe you could lean on Aaron or one of your other regular contributors to continuing conversations or uh, to continuing mission and, uh, and just do a quick and dirty uh, article about, uh, hey, you know, I want to play Captain's Log and I really like it, but I don't want to be Starfleet. I want to be something else. and and maybe offer, uh, you know, a couple hundred words of advice on exactly what Aaron just said, like find a comparable scale, find a comparable era Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then play with the numbers because ultimately the numbers, especially in captain's log, um, like if you're tweaking the numbers, it's not going to break the game. Uh, you just have different capabilities. Like your, your comm system may be a little bit more powerful than what you expect, but you know, so what, uh, have fun and play with it. So, um,
0: yeah, I have a feeling actually with Captain's Log more so than even Star Trek Adventures. I think Captain's Log is probably going to have the fastest quickly generated stuff like that, including people offering new random tables. I really do. So I, I think the room for growth here and creativity is going to be really, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So great. Uh, so yeah, so we've talked, so we talked about, you know, you're picking your era, you pick your ship, uh, your space frame, uh, your ship basically. Uh, you have uh, some advice in here about creating the ship's backstory. And, uh, you know, even though this is only one page of full of great advice, I was thinking about this, uh, partly, Aaron, because what you were saying about, like, uh, you know, using Captain's Log to create your character's backstory and then go into, uh, into a game with it. Uh, just reading this one page, like, you could easily do, use Captain's Log to develop your ship's backstory too, right? Where, like, you're focusing on your character, um, but... There's no reason the main character of your captain's log saga couldn't be the ship. Like maybe you pick it, make a ship, and you're like, okay, I'm going to tell the whole story about the USS Excelsior. That's my ship. And then you start it off. Okay, uh, I'm going to I'm going to um, roll up Captain Styles as as my character, and I'm going to run some sessions with the, uh, or I'm going to run some captain's log stories with uh, Styles, with all the shenanigans that happen with him, and then he retires or gets promoted. Uh, a new captain comes in and you maybe you play a junior officer on the Excelsior that's newly transferred there. But but the Excelsior itself, you're building story about that ship. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of carry that on. And then you you know, maybe at that point, you you decide to, quote unquote, graduate to the um, to Star Trek Adventures from Captain's Log. And you bring in some players. And you say, OK, we're going to play on the Excelsior. Here's this amazing backstory that the Excelsior has that I, I developed through, through Captain's Log. Now we're going to tell some new stories with it. We've got we got a nice refit. We've enhanced the engines. We've, we're adding the 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 talents from Star Trek Adventures. We've got this ship, but it's got because like some of the ships on Star Trek certainly have a long history, right? I mean, the Enterprise being the obvious example. Um, but I mean, I uh, lo- I
0: think, love your premise because just yeah. Discovery alone, how many captains did it have so far? Right, five. Right. It's at five, right? I think I'm counting right five captains Lorca, Saru, Burnham, Giorgio, Pike. Oh, and Tilly six briefly yeah yeah so, so so to me that's almost hilarious if we had a, if you if you had a, a a captain's log based off the ship and like why it goes through so many captains that's i can see it almost being lower deck style that's before
2: so before strange new worlds was an actual show we always knew that enterprise had two captains before kirk and had already been around for over 20 years by the yeah. time the original series happened we have robert april and then we had christopher pike mm-hmm. Why not fill out those stories that lead up to Kirk taking command? I mean, this is all before Strange New Worlds, but that—that's an example. We already knew that there were these stories that obviously had to have happened.
1: Right. Love it, love Why? it, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so work on your character, work on your ship's backstory, and if you want to make the ship the main character of your captain's log, do it, man <laughs> or, or lady mm-hmm. or person or non-gendered whatever, by all means have fun with it do something different and creative uh so from there then we get into uh, we get into a discussion about um uh unique traits uh for for your vessel uh mm-hmm. and traits of course are things that are unique about that ship but usually it's its polity, whether it's federation or klingon or romulan or whatever uh but there are other interesting traits that you can assign to a ship as well and I uh, want you just uh, provide some examples about interesting traits that you can give to a ship that uh, just add
2: interesting nuance to it uh boy there's there's tons. It's every kind of a trade is like a description of 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 the ship, and you could you could have so many different descriptions of a ship. But I mean, we have a few that are listed here, like Frankenstein Fleet, that it stemmed from that one time period that right after the Wolf Three Five Nine, where Starfleet was just taking bits and pieces from a whole bunch of different older ships, putting them together, and then forcing them into service really quick. Um, we have Renowned down there that means it's made a name for herself out there through multiple missions um this idea that it's been borg enhanced with some some strange technology like you know it doesn't have to be borg but it could be like hey um we had a whole bunch of klingon exchange crew coming over and now there's like klingon systems on board as well because that's what they know how to build and you know maintain uh warship and flagship. Uh, Those are a little more very specific to only a very few ships. Like in Starfleet, I don't think there would be very many ships that would have warship as a trait, um, though it would happen. But you could have like old or long serving. Um, You could have trustworthy, like that it has that kind of idea of wherever this ship goes, you can trust that the people on board will, will, you know... They're they're trustworthy, or maybe like uh, Nightingale. I think I might have mentioned that at one point as a possible trait for like a a hospital ship. That yeah. having this ship appear in orbit is a sign of hope. Nightingale, you know.
0: How does that translate into the game is traits can work in advantage. So if you have, you know, for instance, you know, we were talking about prototype or flagship in the game, if the USS Enterprise shows up and has that trait flagship, if it's narratively makes sense, you roll on the advantage table right away. And it shows what that at the same time flagship, when you accidentally your warp drive conks out and you drift into Klingon space could be also a negative. So you may have to roll on the threat table at that mm-hmm. time. So it works into narration. Those traits work into narration as compunction to roll an uh, advantage or, a, or um, uh, a complication in that sense.
2: Yeah, just an interesting description and then see how it affects a situation for that advantage or, or disadvantage. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. And we uh, we provide examples in the book of some uh, sample traits. Uh, and uh, those of you who are already familiar with Star Trek Adventures, uh, maybe you've read uh, Utopia Planitia or maybe you've just read the core book. Um, I think uh, another place to find some traits would be to look at the mission profiles that you can use in uh, Star Trek Adventures for your ship. That It's an overlay that adds some capabilities to your ship and helps focus the vessel on like what are the missions it's most likely to be performing is it a pathfinder is it uh you know deep space reconnaissance is it a multi-purpose vessel is it uh you know um uh, a recovery and rescue type of vessel and all those just just the titles of those mission profiles that are in the core book and, and utopia Policia, you could easily turn those into traits that could mm-hmm. just, I mean, just like this is what the ship does this is what its mission is and you can swap those traits out You know. Um, episode to episode or session to session, like however you want to do it. Um, and then another thing I was thinking is, um, um, and this just ties into what you were saying, Aaron. It's probably not gonna be anything new, but like if if you're the, the reputation idea, uh, if you uh, if you're familiar with the reputation rules for Star Trek Adventures, uh, that impacts your character whether they're well known or reviled or they're the like the the bane of the Empire or something. Like you could easily assign those traits as traits as well to where if uh, you know maybe your vessel got some sort of infamy or notoriety during the war- during one of the wars and 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 so like that has a trait and that trait could impact the relationship that you have meeting certain alien species because if they know the reputation of the ship that might influence how they decide to um to react to you and then you tie in the probability tables and the probability matrices to like you know okay maybe you're going into a situation. Uh, and it's like you know highly probable that something will happen. However, you've got this you've got this trait on the ship that you know they you know they hate this ship for whatever it's done. Maybe you're maybe you're a new captain on it, but they hate the ship, and that'll influence the the probability matrix a little bit, and maybe turn it down a notch or turn it up a notch or something. So have fun playing with that. You know, get really creative with these traits and uh, and and help make that ship a really vital you know thing just as strong as your character right your
2: character will have traits your ship can have traits too so just have fun with that i Um, I just thought of another idea for a trait um in in star trek before starfleet had uh an integrated service so in like tos where it was basically all just humans on a ship or all vulcans on a ship you could actually have like vulcan crew or colorite crew and it would it would help distinguish that ship from the other ships of its class That's, that obviously goes away when we you get into the movie era and TNG era, where there is an integrated crew between all the different species. But during TOS and before, it was generally that different species served on different ships for various reasons.
1: Right. Right.
2: You know what that means,
1: Michael? <laughs> that means yeah. I'm going to take, take Captain's Log, and uh, I'm going to combine it with the Lower Decks campaign guide, and uh, I'm going to make myself a clump ship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have a trait, pack-led crew. Strong, strong, strong. strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, and then uh, we uh, the chapter continues on. We get into uh, one of the other key nuance differences between Captain's Log and Star Trek Adventures, and that's how ship talents are handled in the game. Uh, yeah. so, uh, so we we offer a wealth of talents here. Uh, again, we were pulling from Utopia because uh, Utopia Panicia was a pretty comprehensive comprehensive list of ship talents, and we even added a bunch of new ones. Uh, we were able to take the vast majority of those talents and drop them right into Captain's Log. There were a few we omitted uh, because mechanically they didn't make sense, uh, but you know the, the the titles could easily become traits or or just uh, you know nuances to the ship. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what how talents work in Captain's Log compared to uh mm-hmm. Adventures. And uh, what can a what can a player expect to do with these uh, with these talents?
0: Sure. So the skinny on it again, you know, if they want to roll their random talents on page one seventy four, there's a table that has sixty talents listed, or it's a it's a three d twenty table. So you can roll for your talents. Now, why is that important? The difference is with Captain's Log ship talents can operate like focuses. OK, because we don't have talents like in Star Trek Adventures in this game um, where where uh, it's more expansive. What happens is if your ship has a certain talent, like, say, for instance, a blade of armor, <clears throat> then when you're going into a scene and maybe you've decided that, you know, that. uh you're being going through a minefield. Well, okay, it makes sense that your blade of armor can take some hits. And so, what you would do is roll on your ship, your your ship's uh, uh, attributes, its systems, and its department. And if you. Uh, it, If you roll and treat it like a focus, um, how we how we do it with uh, the focuses, if you roll under that department number, then it automatically produces an advantage and then you roll on the advantage table. So so that's a big difference from Star Trek Adventures. Again, if you've never read Star Trek Adventures, good. You don't have anything muddling up your mind. This is a very simplified system so that you're treating your ship like you treat the captain's roles. Talents are equal to focuses. And and again, we explain how that works in gameplay. simplified i stunned everyone with that amazing summary (laughs) i I love that
2: i don't know if i have anything to really for for
0: those of you who are watching the podcast aaron has his tongue hanging out of his mouth he fell off the chair and jim is weeping (laughs) because he's so glad of the simplicity he's wiping tears from his eyes
1: Uh, i'm just i I, i'm really just uh i'm lost in the idea of playing a clump ship in the I'm uh, just I'm going all about the factos right now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what I what I do want to add about this list of uh, talents and uh, which are effectively, like Michael said, you know, focuses in this game. um we we do offer some non-federation talents in here. So even though we didn't have the ability to add non-Starfleet space frames in here for you to pick and choose from, we do offer we we do include them in the list of um of talents. So it should be a fairly easy effort to assign talents to your Romulan vessel or your Cardassian vessel or whatever, uh, just by picking through these talents, if you want to, I mean, heck, you can even do the, the USS Pegasus, right. That have the, clo- the secret cloaking device if you want to, or the defiant, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, um, we, we just provide a wealth of uh, options here for you to build just really cool ships if you want to. And, uh, if you want it to be completely random and, and see like maybe you're building a technical test bed that has, yeah, you know, your engineers of your particular species just decide to just throw random stuff onto the ship just to see what happens. Um <laughs> I, I haven't tried it yet, Aaron, but I'm almost wondering like, wouldn't it be fun to to roll a random space frame and then pull up the starship talent matrix and then just like roll however many talents are appropriate for the scale just <laughs> to see what you get. And see, see what weird combinations you get, and then figure out, okay, what the heck am I gonna do with this ship? What, what kind of stories could they tell
0: with it? <laughs> hey spoiler new- alert strange yeah. new worlds season two episode one that was totally a frankenstein ship this whatever sucks. they whatever they built it wasn't our normal uh, our normal uh not constellation class someone help me crossfield and it was not our normal crossfield class so they mm-hmm. obviously took a random table scrounged what they could from the leftovers of the war and called it what they wanted
2: uh-huh yeah great frankenstein
1: but, fleet yeah Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah uh but you know, I, I, again, I haven't, and I won't spend time now doing it. but just lo- like looking at the list of sixty uh, talents that we starship talents we provide here, like, like who's what player, uh, maybe this is a challenge for players now that you've got the book or hopefully you've pre-ordered it or you've got the print copy by this point. Um, um, like what player out there can can create a starship with with the most random combination of four four or five talents or whatever? Like like, what are the wacky combinations that we can make out of this? Like, uh, I mean I don't I don't even know if you're like A du-
0: dual environment with multi vector assault mode and when you separate it you separate the environments.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you have you have your cetacean crude part of the <laughs> Prometheus. You have uh yeah, your human one and then you have uh I don't know, let's say your Horta.
0: <laughs> yeah, awesome. Part. Yeah. Mhm.
2: Or you got, you
1: know, the deluxe galley with the uh, independent phaser phaser supply, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Weird, interesting combination. So anyway, have fun with that. Uh, Again, I think that's one of the powers of Captain's Log that we haven't entirely embraced with Star Trek Adventures, I think, and and we've been doing it more in more recent books with the random tables, but uh, I think um, um, Captain's Log really, we really dug into the random tables and I think you can have a lot of fun just you know creating, generating random cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, that's one of the utilities of the book too, is like, if you are playing Star Trek Adventures, you could use this book to create random, you know, use these random tables as tools to help you with your, your storytelling and your development in Star mm-hmm. Trek Adventures. You can port back and forth pretty easily.
0: I mean, we're boldly going where no solo RPG has gone before. And in 56 <laughs> years, I want to look back and be equally proud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: awesome. Uh, so then uh, we talk. Uh, we're getting close to the end of the chapter here. We talk a little bit about um, um, improving your starship, right? So uh, certainly you can uh, you can improve your character, or uh, you know make incremental changes to it as they grow through the ch- grow through the stories. They're going to grow and change. Changes are constant. Um, nobody stays static, even if you want to. You're still going to change day by day. Things will happen, and you have to react to them, and that changes you. Starships change and react too. So. Uh, again, uh, uh, Captain Zog is a, a streamlined version of STA, so um, milestones work a little bit differently, and it's really up to the player. Like, if you want to give yourself a milestone, give yourself a milestone. You want to give the ship a milestone? Do it. There's no there's no XP to gain. There's no particular threshold you have to reach. It's just it's just whatever serves the story that you're trying to tell. And I uh, just want to say, you know, Michael, or Aaron, any, any thoughts on like what to do with milestones specifically for a, uh, for a ship, any, any uh, big
2: ideas or advice? I would always go with the whole increasing a department mm-hmm. um, more than anything, just because it it represents the crew becoming better on board the ship or more skilled at their jobs rather than the ship's systems. The ship systems to me is a little more, towards like refitting and going back to space dock and and putting in new systems, whereas like the crew's skill seems to be more directed towards those departments. That's just my my opinion.
0: yeah, I, I'm inclined based off uh, I have to go back to Star Trek Adventures and watching what my crew has done over the last five seasons <clears throat> is to go with talents. Our ship has literally evolved twice, mm-hmm. and it's had different components, even a borrowed, cloaking device it's it's earned quantum slipstream drive um so i'd really over time be really looking at those talents to express technological advancement in a ship and then blow it up and start fresh <laughs> i i'm not saying i'm doing that by the way aaron before you get they're kind of attached they're kind of attached to our ship yeah, i'm not you, blowing you, anything you can, up you can kind of tell them attached right now. <laughs> i know <laughs>
2: Um, and then,
1: uh, you know, n- no chapter about uh, creating your home in the stars would be complete if we didn't talk about, um, you know, building a space station or an outpost. Because, um, you know, certainly Star Trek is, it has evolved over the over the decades, and it's not just about ships anymore. You can you can certainly build out a deep space nine or a, or a star base or a, an, an outpost, like a communication station or something or, um, you know, even if you want to do like, I don't know, like a duck blind or something and and have an adventure in that duck blind. Um, we wanted to make sure that we gave people an opportunity. If you want to do like the DS9 experience, instead of building out a ship, build a station. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not really all that different. You pick a scale, you pick your talents, you're off and running. Everything else is narrative uh, and flavor text. For the most part, you can have traits for a station too. Um, so just uh, maybe some thoughts on, um, on, on, on preparing a, a station instead of a ship. Uh, for the purposes of uh, of Captain's Log?
2: Well, for for this, we we declined to use um, systems and departments for a space station, just because we felt that, um, at least in Captain's Log, that a space station should be generally more abstract. Um, It's not generally going to be there to roll dice for you. Because a space station... Campaign, even solo, is more going to be focused on the characters. The station's stationary. This is about the characters moving around inside the station or dealing with those people that come to the station,
0: yeah, i think I think again, to this point, it's like you wouldn't really create um. You know stats for a planet, <laughs> you know, and, and these scales of these stations and their capabilities are mind blowing. One photon torpedo will rarely, if ever, take them out. So <clears throat> this, this is the narration which really um, captures me. If anybody wants a guide on how to think about space stations besides Deep Space Nine, I encourage people to always read the Vanguard novel um, because the way they treat that space yeah. station is. Great. It really creates it as an entirely another environment. Um, So when playing solo RPG, um, you're more likely to maybe all of a sudden bring in a ship. Uh, If you're at a station playing a station game, you may get a random ship showing up to take you on a mission and then you could bring in some stats. But generally than that, back to what Aaron said, didn't feel it was necessary to assign systems or department. You mm-hmm. would be more likely rolling on a probability <clears throat> matrix asking like, hmm, does this station have holodecks? Hmm, highly probable. Yes. Yeah. And then you just have to roll one through 18. And it's a yes. If it, if you roll 19 and 20, it says a no. Well, why not? Is it because they're malfunctioning? Roll on the probability table again. And maybe that becomes an adventure, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Good stuff. All right. Uh, so, uh, uh, Michael, uh, Aaron, any last thoughts on uh, on building out a ship or a station for your captain's log? Game, Uh, any any, uh,
2: uh, closing words here that you want to impart upon the uh, the audience? Be creative. Be uh, think outside the box for stations. Stations are structures. So, what's the architecture like? What is it? Does it have arches on the outside, like Deep Space Nine did, so to speak? You know the 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 long pylons. Does it? Does it have like an Art Deco styling? You know, because when you're building these giant structures, they are going to look unique and different.
0: Yep. Mine for this chapter is quite interesting, again, based off real play experience with my niece is we played the first two acts of her adventure and we never rolled up the ship. We know she beamed down in the adventure, but we never declared what ship it is. So we're still waiting at some point in the story where the ship comes into play. I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? We're playing TNG era. It's time to find out what kind of ship you have. And I just can't wait to see her face. She's like, oh man, that's right. What's our ship about? So we've decided to do creation and play with her. Um, so just understand Captain's Log is your, you don't have to, start rolling it up at first you could do creation and play it's your clay to mold have fun with it okay.
1: yeah absolutely all right well great great conversation uh, thank you so much for for that uh, aaron as always appreciate you being here uh, as always with uh, continuing conversations we want to close the uh, evening with uh, gratitude uh, so michael why don't you kick us off what what, what gratitude do you have for us this evening
0: Sure, still going on the social media route. A whole bunch of people were giving love as to why they like Star Trek Adventures RPG. And I'm going to take it to uh, someone who's been on our show before, Lewanika Miller. And I love what he said. He said the best thing he likes is the excitement in the eyes of a new player when they first realize the power of an immediate momentum spend. It's amazing. (laughs) So there's momentum also in Captain's Logs. So people prepare to be amazed.
1: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you,
2: Michael. Uh, and uh, Aaron, what's your gratitude for this evening? Uh, I am, I am filled with gratitude for the special effects team today for from the last Strange New Worlds episode, and it's from one shot, and I I, I sat there frame by frame going through it and going, okay, no, nah. it was when they went to warp from you know from from Starbase One away from Jupiter, and you could see the warp field forming and watch the distortion of Jupiter as light started to bend. Oh, wow.
0: Good job. Oh, I got to go back and watch it tonight. Thanks a All lot. Right, yeah.
2: It's very brief. You have to go through it frame by frame, but you can actually see Jupiter starting to distort from their viewpoint. And I'm like, yes, that is correct. <laughs> I, I I love the detail oh, Thank you it. very much. I am filled with gratitude that that like my little geeky heart went a warp Those field. <laughs>
0: As one of as one of my friends who is now into Star Trek because he started playing the game when he watched, he came over last Thursday for a watch party, and he went, "They spent money on this, so that's what it is." <laughs> yeah, go
2: back and look, and you can watch Jupiter like start to distort. And oh my it, gosh, it looks really good. It looks like, really, good. literally. Just, as soon as we're done, I'm going to go watch it.
1: Yeah. Um, in fact, now now that now that you've mentioned it, I'm, I'm going to have to bug um, uh, Dr. Aaron and find mm-hmm. out if she, if she had any input into that. Like, was she responsible for talking about the fact, oh, hey, by the way, when the ship goes to warp and you see Jupiter in the background, there should be some distortion on the warp field there. Or, or I, I, I'm willing to bet that the special effects people probably had a sense of that, but I wonder if Dr. Aaron had a, had a hand in the out the bugger about that. But no, uh, Aaron, great attention to detail. Uh, I did not even catch that. I was just appreciating the visuals in general because Stranger Worlds visual team is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like and I love the fact and this is a digression, and I apologize um um, the fact that I think strange new worlds is one of the series that really kind of breaks the plane of of ships, right G- getting away from the 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 horizontal or kind of tradition of of ships, like they really get into the angles and and playing with the the fact that space is three dimensional and gorgeous. And, Oh there is no up or down. Oh yeah. uh,
0: when it unclamped and just took off in that direction. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh that was like so where great. are you
1: going? I got just <laughs> I, I got vertigo, but I love mm-hmm. it. Um That's anyway, fine. so um thank you, Erin, for that gratitude. Really appreciate it. Uh I have two gratitudes for tonight. Uh number one is uh is gratitude uh for both of you and all the writers on Captain's Log uh for for, for pulling this together, making it happen. Um I was initially a little uncertain about what this product was going to be and look like. Like I thought it was going to go well, but I just, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. I was like, what is this going to be? And it was so much work. I know we put so much work into it. And Michael, you, you shepherded the forces and and really helped me when I needed help because I was working on four other books at the same time. And I needed, I needed some, some, some lead writers to help me out. And uh, boy, I tell you, the more I talk about this book with people and the more I play it on my own, It's like, oh, it's really grown on me. And it's to the point now where I like, I really want to dig into it to the point that uh, I'm using it as a game mastering tool so that I can play collaboratively with friends, not just by myself, but with friends. Because I I think I love the streamlined nature of it. I love the the super, super hyper focus on the narrative, because that's really what I'm all about uh, these days as a gamer. Um, like, I, I mean, I like mechanics fine for some games, but most of the time I just, I don't care. Like, I just want to get into the narrative and the story and the drama and, and the cool stuff that's happening. Um, so, and this, this game is starting to grow on me in ways that I did not expect. So thank you, Michael. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you to all the other writers for thank being you. involved in it. Super excited. Uh, and then finally, um, thank you to all the fans, all the Star Trek fans, uh, past, present and future. Uh, you've inspired me day in and day out with your with your creativity online that you share with us. And I see it on the YouTubes and the Twitches and the blogs and just all that stuff. I'm just like, as hard as we work on these books for you, I'm inspired by, by what you're doing with them and what you're talking about. And you're telling your friends and you're telling other people and you're supporting each other. Just the fans, I, I just love the Star Trek Adventures fan fan base that we have. It's so self-sustaining at this point that It's just a joy to see it. Like, I mean, uh, on on some of the groups we see, they post the new members coming in every week. And it's usually like a list of 25, 30 names or something. And I'm like, wow, these people are are, are just getting into it. And it's just exciting. So I'm I just thank you for all the fans. Um, I hope you're enjoying the stuff that we're bringing out. And I hope you're enjoying Captain's Log or that you will be curious enough about it to go check it out. Um, so, yeah, thanks. Thanks again, everybody. So uh, with that being said, um, thanks again for another great episode. Thanks for being with us. Look forward to talking more about Captain Zog next time. And until then, uh, be safe, be well, live long and prosper.
0: IDIC, love y'all.
1: Take care. I'm going go I- <laughs> I- to go watch. You later.
0: Me too.
1: I need to go find that work field.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Thanks, Aaron.
1: Thanks, Michael. It. See you. Thanks. Take care, guys. Bye.